welcome to the latest episode of Can I Kick It? Yes, you can. This is your host, Elliot Barr, and joining me as always... Tanir Duran the second. What's going on here, man? You good? Oh, I'm doing all right. Yeah. I'm doing all right. So, on today's podcast, we are covering the latest superstar on our list, uh, Wendy Renard, the French center back. Captain of the French team as well. Well, she's my captain regardless. The fact that she got stripped for an odd reason, she's still my center. She's still my captain. <laughs> yeah, for me, if I'm picking that 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 French women's team, she's captaining it no matter what. Yeah. All right. So before we hop into this podcast, um, let me ask you the question: Did you have a hard time finding a lot of information about her? There are a lot of holes in the story, and I it, it took a lot of digging to find. Some of the to try and fill some of those holes. Yeah, and, I found yeah. that out a lot. I mean, outside of like why she didn't make it in Clairefontaine, so we kind of got that, but it's a little murky. Um, like, why was she stripped of the captaincy? You know, things like that are a little murky. You can kind of yeah. see the details, but it's kind of hard to speculate one way or another. But I think it's like a part of the bigger issue when it comes to covering women's soccer. I mean, granted, you have those who cover like Meg Linehan and um, who covers the NWSL, but I think outside of that, like, a lot of the stories that we seen, that we saw written about her, it only happened because of the World Cup was, ha- the Women's World Cup was happening in France, mm-hmm. and it was part of this last year. Like, it was, okay, let me, let me throw this out there. Imagine a player that was on the men's FIFA World Eleven for a record setting four times in a row. Mm-hmm. One, I think 12 league titles in her career, won five Champions League, scored 102 goals as a center back, made over 300 appearances, and made over 100 caps. We would hear no end of that player. Yeah. Right? No, we wouldn't. We wouldn't. And that's why we haven't heard the end, even though his career as a player has been over. We haven't heard the end of Zinedine Zidane. We haven't heard the end of... Like, I'm still hearing stories Tyrion about Henri, Pele, and Pele, Maradona. Like but it's like, a player like Wendy Renard, who granted, like, she had one of the most amazing World Cups. She scored four goals. As a center back. As a center I just, back. Let me just remind everyone, as a center back, where your job is to prevent goals from coming into your goal, she still managed to do that and, well and, and it, still score four. The thing four. about it is, she had her own goal. It still scored. <laughs> like, you know? Um yeah. So, we're going to give her her just due on this podcast. Yeah, we're gonna definitely going to try. Um, and I know this podcast means a lot to you because you are from the islands. You know, yeah. You're Haiti and whatnot. She's from Martinique, but yeah, I, correct me if I'm wrong. Haiti and Martinique kind of share a lot of similarities in the fact of culture, like language, and things yes. like that, right? Uh, yes, culture, language, and a, a lot of different things. Um, it's, it's, it's really interesting seeing that she's came from Martinique and the thing with Martinique and, and there's one thing that she, she referred to, um, in, um, the player's tribune, um, life at the end of the world. And they call Martinique the end of the world because it's one of the islands on that archipelago that literally borders the Caribbean sea. So literally on that Island, all you see around you is ocean. So, uh, but with that being said, to know that you come from a place that it's called that and to still have dreams and hopes of... And it, it's it's funny how in this article you really see that she, from day one, from when she was a little kid, she said, I'm going to be a professional soccer player. Even though around that time the women's game was nowhere near 
as big and as evolved as it is now, and she still had that dream. So, yeah, like I think her story is so much more about perseverance mm-hmm. and like getting to keep improving herself, and you know, showing to everyone like, hey, this is who I am. I ain't gonna lie, like even low key. And for those who not like, once you finish listening to this podcast, go read her backstory. Like, go do research on Wendy Renard, and it will inspire you because of what she's doing. Um, like first and foremost, like we said, like she was born and raised on Martinique, but <clears throat> she was already going through tragedies and everything. Like she lost her dad at the age of eight yeah. due to cancer, but that kind of like kickstarted her to even then be like, I, she said it in the Player uh, Tribune article about how I can't. She knew at that moment that her mother and dad would not always be there for her. So she had to kind of already knew, like, I have to rely on myself. Mm-hmm. Not, like, push them to the side, but I know, like, hey, I'm going to have to rely on myself. They're not going to always things. be here. Yeah, to get things done. And you know you know what's interesting, though, is is how the how the mind works. Because uh, according to, to this article, um, it's, it's more so of an interview uh, with her. She was saying that her father wasn't really into soccer that much. Yeah, he was more of a he. He wanted to talk politics. Yeah, his that his her her mom was the one who would sit down and watch. And it's with the, her. it was the women in her family that kind of like were already playing soccer. And she also mentioned it about how about she they mentioned it about how um she had to toughen up and get better because she was playing against boys. Yeah. And she was like, it got to the point that she was playing so well that the boys that her on the island were just like, oh yeah, we want Wendy on. <laughs> yep. Like, <laughs> like that's what it was. She was the first pick. Yeah. Exactly. When you go out in the in, in the in the in the on the recess yard on the dirt lot out back, and y'all start a game, I get first pick, Wendy. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but then like, so she leaves the island of Martinique, and I'm gonna let you pronounce the youth team that she was with. Um, the youth team. That she was with, Escar um, Prechonta. Prechona. I'm gonna let you pronounce it because you're from that part. Esso Prechonta. There you go. That's why I have you on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like that was the YouTube. School. So she leaves them, goes to France. Because, and this is what I found interesting. Why, you know, I, normally when you hear players talk about like Virgil Van Dyke or Daniel Storage mm-hmm. or Raheem Sterling. They're kind of already born into that country, but they have the background of being Jamaican, occurrence yes. side things like that. Yes. She's from the island of Martinique, which I think makes her story more unique and more genuine. She goes to France. Yeah. And she's, she stays there until she's 15, until 2006. Yeah. So she was born in, just to, to give you guys a little a picture of this, she was born in 1990. Yeah. So she's... 15 years old, 15, almost 16 years old, when she actually moves to France because she goes there to try out for um, Claire Fontaine. Claire Fontaine. That's the only French team I can say properly. <laughs> <laughs> I struggle with English names and I struggle with French. So yeah. I <laughs> yeah, no, no, Claire Fontaine. And the interesting thing with the Claire Fontaine tryouts is she obviously does not get picked from what from the uh, the Tribune the Player Tribune article it 
lends itself based off of what she said with regards to the coaches not even talking to her, not even looking at her during the tryouts. Yeah. It points to a lot of the issues that there are in soccer. And, and for at once, I thought it was only happening here in the United States. But according to this, this is something that happens all around the world of the conundrum of favorites. Already having favorites in your mind as a tryout coach, as a scout, and being completely blind to the new faces. And I, I think it's one thing that I, I have witnessed myself firsthand as a coach. I've witnessed players that I've coached trying out for another team and seeing the coaches at the tryouts not pay them any attention because they don't know them. So now Wendy Renard coming from a situation where she was known as that girl that plays soccer, going into a situation where it's nobody knew her, um, she basically was ignored completely by the Club Fontaine coaches and because they already had some that they had been scouting and they just this trial was basically a formality for a lot of them probably and so uh, thankfully uh, is it one of her coaches yeah it was her youth coach um Farad Bastidi pretty much was like after the Clonfontaine trial went didn't go well she got on the train and went to Lyon and tried out for Olympic Lyonnais and they were like all right we'll bring you on but even then, you would think, like, all right, now she's met this pinnacle. She's at this club in France where she wanted to be. She, like, she also credits, like, the reason why she fell in love with the French national team was due to um, um, Martinique Pacina. I want to say her name is. Mar- I'll let you pronounce it again. <laughs> <laughs> Martinette. Martinette Pichon. Pichon. Okay. Once again, I struggle with French names. I'm trying. <laughs> and like, I, also, I want y'all to know that we I practiced these names for 15 minutes before we started the podcast, and I'm still struggling. <laughs> I, I, I practiced. But like that was her inspiration on why she wanted to be with the French national team and everything like that. But even when she's at Leoness, it's not like she's the glorified number one. We're not moving anyone else into the position. She even mentioned about how they will bring in other players mm-hmm. to be like, oh, we want, you know, to kind of su- surpass her. And she was like, she just took it as motivation. It's kind of like the thing of, like, Jordan, where he will make up robberies in his head. Yeah. Like, I think the famous robbery he made up was with, um, I can't remember the guy who played for the Washington Wizards, but they played a back-to-back against the Washington Wizards. Mm-hmm. And for those who've seen the, the um, ESPN document, yeah. you know what we're talking about. Yes. Yeah. About the Washington Wizards player dropped 30 on him. And he said, good game. And Jordan made a robbery in his head and dropped 50 on him the next night. <laughs> just to prove, like, yo, you're not better than me. Yep. You know, and that's kind of like the same thing I see with her about how she did, like I, she created these robberies. Not saying she did it, like, just to have something to be spiteful about, mm-hmm. but, like, it kept her motivated. But then also wanted to show people back in Martinique, like, hey, even if you come to France, wherever you go, you can make it. Exactly. You can be, you know, you don't have to feel like you're less than. Yeah. Yeah. That's the most inspirational thing I've seen so far about her. Yeah. She has, she definitely shows a lot of grit. And granted, you can always make the argument that it was probably a masterful stroke by the coach to do that to keep her on her toes Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, because you've seen that a lot. I mean, a lot of people may not realize that for the longest, like, for example, I'm going to give an example, um, David De Gea, the young goalkeeper um, taking over from uh, Edwin van der Sar, but who's the backup? Who's been the backup keeper for Manchester United for years now? An international, like, a, a, a big name. Yeah. A big name goalkeeper. So that's someone behind, like, breathing down your neck, like, you better not mess up, you better not mess up, you better not mess up, because if I take over, I'm holding that spot. Yeah. Because he definitely um, had the ability to take that spot from David De Gea, but David De Gea just had to keep his performance up. To, to keep Wendy Renard on form, all of these players are being brought in. It could be because of that, or it could be that they felt they needed to replace her, but she always proved to them, no, you do yeah, not. Yeah, and it wasn't like Wendy Renard was is a slouch of a player. Like, she's made, and looking at this right, six-time Champions League winner, 14-time French League winner, 343 appearances for the club, and 102 goals scored. Mind you again, she's a center back. That's a it's center not back. like she's a fullback, and not like she plays um, center defensive mid. No, she is strictly a center back. Scoring a goal every two, almost every two games yeah. as a center back. I don't think even Sergio Ramos has that kind of yeah. And the thing is, like, consistency. She doesn't even like pe- most people. When you think about it, and I've watched, we watched her highlights, and you would think like the first thing you think of like, oh, she's six, she's almost like six nine, like mm-hmm. oh, she's just towering over everyone else. Yeah. No, she doesn't even credit that. She just accredits to the fact that she sits there and breaks down film, so she knows when and where to make her runs. Yep. You yeah. know, and it, yeah, that's one thing I did notice because I. I I heard a lot about her before the Women's World Cup, like right before the Women's World Cup. Mm-hmm. And so when I was watching France, I was like, ah, okay, I need to watch her because she's she's a big name. She's a cat. She you know she's had the captaincy. She's she's talked about a lot. Like you would hear the commentators mentioning her a lot and telling her backstory a lot during the games. And when I was watching her, you could see she would pick apart. So even though she's six foot two, she's towering over everyone, she's not using that as her primary weapon no. in the game. Her mind was her primary weapon and it's interesting to see when you would see a, most players would just go lean back on the fact that I'm big, I'm tall, I'll bully you in the air. Yeah. You know? No, it's like really like graceful. Like you can see her Kind of like make it in like a run towards the air post, and then she'll just fade away slowly, be in the back post. Yep. Like it's ones like that, like stuff that like you wouldn't necessarily think of in the moment, but she thinks she does it. Yeah. And like I think even that, like you know, she's not paying for a bump to you. Like you could say outside of North Carolina Courage, she's plays for one of the top women's club teams. Like the other ones I can think of is probably Manchester City. Yeah, Manchester Chelsea, City women's and Chelsea Arsenal. Women. I know there's a couple but of Leon, Leonez is up there. Yeah, they're up there. Like, I think it's also like Norway. Yeah, Norway second. has. I can't remember the name of the clubs, but they're like up there. But she plays for one of the top club teams, like, and she is legit. Like, she she's legit. <laughs> like that. Like, <laughs> it's not enough adjective to say. Yeah, but she's so legit. With, so far with Olympique Leonez, she has in the league, I think, 177 appearances. Yeah. 63 goals. Yeah. And, and there's not a cool Champions League and stuff. That's like, and that, exactly. You had the Champions League and, and dominated. Like, and, but she's been the cornerstone of that team. Yeah. And they also. And, yeah. Like, Olympic Leones, I think, 
how many times have they won it in the past? Like, I, I 10 think years? six. They might have won it like one or two times without her. Like yeah, before, before she made the before team. Before she made the but team. But since yeah. she's been there, she's been there. Like she's been the cornerstone. And then the other thing about it, like for the French national team, which she made, she made her debut in the 2011 uh, Cyprus Cup, which if I had to equate it to what a men's tournament would be, I want to say it's. I want to say it's on the level of maybe like a Confederations Cup. Probably. But it's like a more like it's it's a better version of the Confederation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> put to be honest with you. Yeah. Um it's you would you put it on the level I think it would probably be put higher at a higher level than like she like the She Believes Cup. Yeah. Because the She Believes Cup is more so I think the She Believes Cup is the ex like to exhibition me, I, tournament. Yeah. To me sorts. I would say the She Believes Cup is it's still preseason like friendly ish. But it's like took it as a serious tournament mm-hmm. where like Cyprus Cup, we watched it on BN Sports. Like, yeah, it's a seriously like legit tournament. Yeah, um, but she made her debut there against Switzerland, and then two years later she became she becomes the captain. Yeah. Now, two thousand seventeen, she gets stripped of captaincy, and um, Decon, who was the coach at the time, pretty much just gave the reason to allow her to refocus on individual performances for what me and you research and. I'm just going to speak for me. I didn't see anything that might have dipped to her performances. It's not like there's a lot of highlight film out there to yeah. really like see. There is, but when you look at the stats, there it there doesn't seem to be a dip in performance. Yeah. And it's not like you could. It's not like she's a striker, so you can see. Oh, she went this number of games without scoring a goal, giving an assist, or like as a center attack, where she went this number of games without giving up an important pass or something. Like as a center back, your job is pretty much keep a clean sheet. <laughs> yeah. yeah, keep a clean sheet. Keep Don't get beat. Yeah, the three main things are... Keep everybody in front of you with the ball. And I can speak about this. Keep a clean sheet. Don't get a yellow or red card. Don't give up a stupid foul in the area. Like, those... If you do that as a center back, you're a good center back. Yeah. You've done your job. Yeah. You Basically. Know? Like, if you, for example, look at a player like John Terry. Yeah, he scored quite a few goals in his career, but at the end of the day, he was, he was the enforcer in the back. Yeah. And that's that's what you need to be. That's it. For a center back, that's all you need. And one thing that also did not change was her distribution out of the back. Like, her her passing rate, all of that didn't really take a dip or anything. Because, of course, now the game evolved to a point. And probably, I would say probably... And there were so many in the, in like the early two thousands, the game evolved to the point where the center backs basically, when you win the ball back, center backs are distributing yeah. the ball up the field. But and there's like a point in time, like granted, we're watching highlight tape, so you know they're only gonna show you the best of what this player can do. They're not gonna show you the dips and downs. Yeah. But even her passing was legit. Like it was so many times she'd have the ball, and she'll just calmly just ping it out to the right right flank. Mm-hmm. She knew when to go long, knew when to go, go short. short. Yeah, and like she was controlling possession that way. Um. I mean, <laughs> from what it seems to me, to, that seems to me a bit like a cop-out excuse as to why she was taking yeah, the captaincy. Yeah, I, I mean, it might have been like, I didn't really check. I feel like there's something behind Yeah, behind it might be something, but once again, like, there's no way we can research it and really exactly. figure out the reason. Yeah. It's kind of like coaches made their decision. And maybe, like, it's a national team, like, maybe you want to go in a different direction. But I think leading up, like, once... When he got stripped of being captain, there were like three other captains mm-hmm. until they settled on the captain they had for the tournament. Yeah. Which I don't know why. We probably would never figure out the reason for that. But once again, like even playing for France, 
It's not like she's not doing her job. She still scored 20 goals, like we alluded to. She scored four goals at the latest uh, Women's World Cup in 2017. She scored four goals. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, she had her best game against South Korea. She scored two goals in that game. And I think, you know, the reason why she was such a forefront, granted, the tournament was in France, but I think also just because of who she was as a player and what she was doing. The, the the funny thing, and so I'm, I'm just trying to remember who was the captain for this last World Cup. Was it La Summer? I think so. I think La Summer was the captain. Okay. It's, it's, it's not... I mean, at the end of the day, was she, what was she, a midfielder? Yeah. Um, but to be honest with you, it, it is what it is. What you're going to do. But still. Think, yeah, and, 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 and strangely enough, teammate. Yeah, at the Olympic Lyonnais, of course. I mean, I, I I do feel that the Olympic Lyonnais would be the Barcelona of France. I don't because say Barcelona. I say they're Real Madrid. The, the Barcelona slash Real Madrid. I'm saying like most. If you look at the Spain team, most the the majority yeah. of that team is Barcelona slash Real Madrid. So like Olympic Lyonnais is where most of the French national oh, team yeah, comes yeah, from. Actually. But like if you had their equate, and I don't want to equate like. You know, giving them a comparison, but Olympic Lyonnais is the closest is the closest that you're gonna see to Real Madrid men's football in women's soccer. Like they are a true global powerhouse. Oh, they are. They are. Like, they're, they're that team that can they, walk into the any girl's house and be like, "We want you play for us." <laughs> and <laughs> you know, <laughs> like that's how it works for them. Uh, um, yeah. yeah, but. I mean, the other thing that's cool about Winnie Renard is the fact that she is, I think, the only woman to show up on the women's, um, the FIFA uh, Women's World 11, four times in a row. Like, the latest team she was on was 2019. On that team, this is who was on that team were in 2019. Lucy Bronze, mm-hmm. um, Nala Fisher, Kelly O'Hara, Winnie Renard, of course, Julie Ertz, uh, uh, Amanda uh, Kenny, Rose Lavelle, Marta, Alex Morgan, Megan Rapino. <laughs> we know all of them. We know all of them. And most of them are USA's top, top, top yeah. players. And of course, we all know USA ran away with that World Cup. Yeah. And, and a parallel fun. universe somewhere out there, you know, Wendy Renard is not watching the French national team play. She's watching the women's national team play. The U.S. women's national team. And she goes to the U.S. And she's our center back. <laughs> oh, in no. a perfect world. And but, no, I mean, see, that's not fair. <laughs> in a perfect world, that would happen. But, I mean... I mean, that, to, to be honest with you, that I think that would actually cause an issue. Because if you look at USA's center backs, they are solid. So... What do we go with a back three? <laughs> as long as she's in it, I don't care. <laughs> um, but anything else to you before we wrap up? Um, not really. Um, at the end of the day, I think Wendy Renard is is the epitome of the never say die attitude. She. Had a lot of setbacks in her life and her childhood, but she never let any of it, um, let never let any of it destroy her. Um, she always felt that she needed to be three, four times better than those that she was competing with, 
for the simple fact that she was the the unknown entity. She was some girl from Martinique who came to France. And because of that, she knew that she had to try harder. And she had the mental strength. And it's funny that, that we use this term again because in our last podcast with regards to Demarcus Beasley, um, we talked a lot about his mental strength. And there is that similarity here with Wendy Renard, that mental strength to keep going. Yeah. And hats off to her. Yes. And I think the quote that most, like, represents who she is as a person is uh, she talks about how a lot of people used to pick her by her height and accent because she's from mm-hmm. Martinique and from yeah. France and how French people, and you even spoke about it as well, about how, like, people will kind of look down upon you if you're not from the country of France itself. Yes. Um, and she mentions about how it's mine, I own it, when I get irritated, my roots come back very, very quickly, and the accent comes back with them. I think it's beautiful. I'm proud of my roots. And that pretty much immediately just sums up, either you're going to love me, or you're going to hate me, but I'm going to be me regardless. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. And I, I just picture um, a player like Raheem Sterling or Daniel Sturridge in the locker room and a heated conversation comes up and he goes from that South London accent to the straight Jamaican Patois. And that, that's basically, if you can picture that, that's the English equivalent to what Wendy Renard is talking about with regards to her accent coming out when she gets emotional, when she gets upset. And I can attest to it because the Boston comes out of me when I get pissed off. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't. That hit me directly. <laughs> the Boston really comes out of me and it's 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 something that I've embraced as well and yeah. and it's it's, it's something the same thing with me like the New York accent comes out of yeah, me. The, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it's and it's something that I'm glad that as an individual and as a woman especially with how critical the public eye is towards women that she does not let that face her. That's who I am. That's that's how I speak. That's you know, that's what I do. Yeah. So and like also I wanna say like it has to be more coverage on her because of like she has such a dope, incredible story. And I know we've been does. talking about her story, but it's so inspirational to see. Like it gives you that courage of knowing like you get com- like she doesn't even hold it as if like I come from this place where nothing went right in my life and I was fighting against all these odds and obstacles. Mm-hmm. But Going to the new country, having to prove myself day in and day out and overcoming that is like something that we can really relate to. Yes. Um, so yeah, so there's I want to see more stories on Wendy Renard. I do too. Like I, I do more too. On her. Um, I do too. Hey, journalists out there, let's go. <laughs> let's get more stories on her because so she, she is a wonderful, wonderful yeah, image is. in the women's soccer, uh, on the women's soccer stage. So since you did sources last episode, I'm gonna do them this time for you. All right. <laughs> um, for sources, uh, in on this podcast, we got uh, Wendy Renard, "Never Stop Dreaming" by Amari Tukman, uh, French defender Wendy Renard, "Improbable Journey to the World Cup" in her own words by Bonnie D. Ford of ESPN. Blue Connie Deegan chooses uh, Mandy Har- Harvey. I mean Harvey <laughs> Henry. As captain by Laquip uh, and Players Tribune, uh, Wendy Renard's journey to the FIFA's World Cup. 
So, in the words of our famous first lady, uh, history has shown us that courage can be contagious and hope can take on a life of its own by Michelle Obama. And I think that pretty much wraps up who Winnie Renard was as a person. So, from Elliot, I'm Janair. This is Can I Kick It? And we'll catch you guys next time, all right?